There's nothing more fun than kids in the garden, and we are so lucky we happen to have Chris Kira on the phone with us. She is the Education Outreach Liaison from the Nature Explorer Foundation, and uh, she's going to talk a little bit about fun activities with kids. Chris, are you there? I am, yes. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. Thank you so much. You know, it's funny, Belinda and I talk a whole lot, and she's got stories about riding bicycles through the the willow branches, and, you know, I've, I've played in the mud. I mean, we're, it, we, we did things growing up that it seems like the kids don't do quite as much anymore, where you just get out there and squish mud and have fun and things like that. And I think that's something that this whole Nature Explorer Foundation, you're kind of bringing back some of the fun things kids can do outside. Well, you're you're really right that um, childhood, has, childhood has changed dramatically over the last generation or so, um, and children just aren't spending as much time outside, and parents aren't um, are starting to become aware of how important it is, but um, aren't as sure about what kinds of things are okay for their children to do and what they should be encouraging them to do. So that is kind of the focus. So. Nature Explorer is actually a program of the Dimensions Foundation and Arbor Day Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have programs um, to support schools and child care centers and all kinds of public places where and private places where children are spending their time. So we do outdoor classroom design and then support, and that's where really where I come in, support for teachers and parents on um, resources they can use to um, get them started playing outside and how to incorporate it into um, all the learning that happens for their children. I guess it's a good and a bad thing. I, I, truthfully, I'm sad that we need you. <laughs> <laughs> My dad told me the exact same thing. <laughs> Did he? Okay, well, that shows you how old I am. I, I'm sad that we need to have an okay a program to basically bless something that we did naturally so many years ago. Right. Well, I think even getting wisdom exactly getting the kids back outside. I think they'll pick up a lot of that on their own. Just learning to um, have creativity and explore, and you know that touching and feeling of nature, the bark of a tree, or the smell of you know. Um, even when Sean and I went walking, we saw um, um, honeysuckle and oh, yes. just you know out behind our house and it's growing wild. And I said, "Remember you ever remember getting that stuff and you know eating them?" <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're exactly right that children, even children today, kind of intuitively are just drawn to nature, and they and they can figure out what to do really quickly. But the reality is that so many children are spending so much time in schools or in group childcare settings where there's just not much nature right outside the door. Right. So right. beyond um, helping the teachers and parents know that they should be outside. It's really important to get them into spaces that do have nature and like the loose parts, like honeysuckle petals and um, mm-hmm. branches and things like that for the children to play with and explore. Chris, are you suggesting that walking out the door into a dirt plot covered with a, uh, <laughs> a chain link fence and a plastic slide oh. isn't as good as we can be? <laughs> we can do better for our children. <laughs> exactly right. However, dirt um, dirt would still be better than some of the rubberized surfaces, oh. safety surfaces that <laughs> no, cover you're right. yeah. so many spaces. You're so, so right. <laughs> Chris, can you give us an idea of some of the act, uh, some of the things that you help people put together, whether it's a church group or a school, or whatever? Maybe just a few ideas of the the quote unquote playstations that you put together and how the kids play in them. Sure. So. We have, um, it all, all kind of started for us in Nebraska, but we work nationally. And uh, in redoing our outdoor space, um, 
we thought maybe there's more than just a playground with the typical structure and, you know, kind of commercial plastic structures that and metal structures that right. we see everywhere. Um, and in the process of taking out the old equipment and before we put in the new, like, whoa, this empty dirt patch is, is really something the kids are drawn to. And they're... Um, <laughs> a pile know, of dirt and a rock, and they're happy, it's right? Dick, exactly, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, but that doesn't look so aesthetically pleasing. So what if we added some more bushes and trees and flowering plants and things around that grow native in our area? Then how does that enhance it? And then, you know, we spend so much time and energy as educators thinking about what our classroom looks like, the materials that are available, but also the way we arrange the tables and the learning stations and all of that. So what if we take what we know about indoor um, and what we're learning about outdoor and put it all together? So that's what we have now is kind of some guiding principles for um, creating an outdoor classroom so that it isn't just a playground and it isn't just some picnic tables under a tree or an empty dirt patch, but... Um, really thoughtfully um, installing learning areas or stations, as you referred to them, um, interest areas is what we often call them, so that children have this rich mix of opportunities outside. And if what we are really finding is if we set up the environment in that way, where there's a messy materials area that's mostly mulch and uh, uh, maybe a log a large log that's down and tree stumps and what we call tree cookies, slices of tree cookies, um, tree branches that, that are heavy for the kids to lift. They can turn them into anything, you know, a sailboat one moment, a fort the next moment, all these different kinds of things. Um, that's one of the areas we promote, uh, a nature art area where mm-hmm. children are really using pine cones and rocks and shells and whatever um, are collectors. You know, children are naturally collectors. I think we probably all are. <laughs> um, a nature art area where they can make create mosaics and different things outside. Of course, a, a gardening and pathway through plantings. But when we set up the environment with those things, the most amazing learning happens. And it's not just learning um, like they do in the classroom. Um, it kind of is a place where they can put their whole brain and their whole body into their learning. No, that's right. So if you have a science station inside where you have a few little things, but they can apply what some of the things they've read in, in a book, like like a field guide, they might have the science table inside might have a field guide about birds in the area. But if outside they're looking for birds and trying to figure out what plants we could put in that would attract the birds and feed the birds in the winter and all those kinds of things, it, the learning becomes their own and it becomes right. so intentional and so... Um, interwoven with their growing view of themselves as caretakers that um, we're just pretty jazzed about uh, what we see happening. <laughs> no, it's we true, have, yeah. Yeah, we have some research sites um, in different places in the country, too, and it seems to be um, replicating itself nicely that in all regions of the U.S., um, this can really work well. Now, do you typically work with schools or what other institutions, churches, or what type of, what type of folks do you yeah, all work quite with? quite a variety. We started out working primarily with early childhood um, centers, okay. preschools and child care centers. But um, what I love is happening is more and more parents of young children are saying, this isn't just for preschool or my elementary school needs this. And they're the ones advocating and getting these outdoor classrooms installed in their elementary schools and starting to be happening in middle schools and high schools. But then also a lot of faith-based um, community centers or um, churches or synagogues are also um, recognizing that it ties so nicely with 
being stewards of the earth, being caretakers of God's creation, having an outdoor classroom where um, it just ties in beautifully with Sunday school curriculums and Bible school units and things like that, too. Chris, and then have... libraries and public parks and mm-hmm. nature centers, all kinds of places like yeah. that. If there are groups who want to build these places and are interested in getting grants, do you have any, any branch of your organization that helps people or, or walks them through that process, or is that something they, they need to do on their own? Um, we have on our website at natureexplore.org, we have um, a current list of grant opportunities. We don't actually provide grants ourselves. Um, we have support through that. Our, our um, community connection is what we call okay, it. Okay. Um, we have grant op- um, We try and hook people up with local grant opportunities. We also um, have materials that have good language for grant writing and things like that. Oh, good. Um, we good. share with people, and then um, and we're just we're um, exploring opportunities that we can we can um, put together local community organizations funders and mm-hmm. the people who are needing these spaces. So that's kind of a growing area of ours, but I can't, um, can't say we, we've done a lot of that yet. Okay. Well, I think it is always great when we can get our, our kids outdoors, even parents outdoors. I mean, for heaven's sakes, when we get our families outdoors, there's less stress in the room, you know, when we go outside. And we're all interacting with one another. Sean talks about sitting around the fire pit with his, his mom and then, of course, the kids when they're little. And then, and then just getting them out there really to explore what you have in your own backyard or the front yard or taking them on walks and seeing nature throughout the neighborhood or those local parks like you talked about. But I think you're right about awakening children to the wonders of nature, right? Getting them out there and helping them discover and explore. And really, that's where the secrets to life are. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And you're right about parents, too. Um, There's more and more information out there about distracted parenting. Yes, leave the phone inside when you go outside with your kids, right? Or at dinner, right? (laughs) Right, right. We all have our devices with us kind of wherever we go now. Um, But that's what uh, one of the things we started early on is a family nature club. Um, And we have free materials to download from our website for anyone else to start their own club. But that's what I saw in parents' faces, like, oh, when I really am outside and kind of tune into my child and see what amazing things they're discovering and just play alongside them, it's these really quality family interactions and time. Um, So it's a gift for parents, too. Chris, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate the work you're doing. We'll um, get your organization up on our website, too, so listeners here in the Houston area can uh, explore and, and find out more about you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for having me. It was a great to, great time to talk with you. You're wonderful. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank you. That's natureexplore.org, and you can go to their website, look them up, and maybe uh, get your little world out there Scratch connected. My back with lightning bolts, thunder rolls like a bass drum note.